Two moms, two marketers, two women new to the financial industry. They have a lot of questions. That's why they're bringing in financial experts to educate all of us here on A Penny or Two for Your Thoughts. Hi, this is Chantal and Liz from Centrist Federal Credit Union, and welcome to another episode of A Penny or Two for Your Thoughts. Hey, guys. Wow. It is another episode. Here we are. Can you believe it that we are already thinking about the holiday season? No, I think we were just talking about this the other day. Like, how many Mondays did you say? Like, I thought it was eight. Eight Mondays or something. Eight Mondays are left. That's it's crazy. I feel like we just were talking about like barbecuing and being outside. For like the first time, you know, like after spring, yeah, in the winter, you're like, oh, we get to all come out from our homes and be outside. Yeah. And now we're talking about Thanksgiving yeah. and now we're talking all the about holidays, all the fun, fun uh, things, all the hibernation that's about to happen. I think it's funny. You said, you know, it, it's the craziest time of the year mm-hmm. and, and like spending. And I feel every year. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I am going to make lists and I am going to start saving earlier and I'm going to budget and I'm not going to overspend. And here we are. Here we are again. And I'm in the same place and I will overspend and I need to get a handle on that. So, you know, this, this podcast is for my mental health today. So I'm really, really excited about this I have realized that the Amazon boxes are starting to pile up on my front porch again. And it's because I find things like, Ooh, I think Augie would love this. And so she has a gajillion gifts. And then my poor husband gets like two or three (laughs) and she has all these gifts sitting out. And I'm just like, I, she's not going to play with every single thing. Like I should realize this. Do you, um, do you do that thing where you come home from work and you're like, Oh, I got to go on the front porch to make sure (laughs) they're not hiding there. And if they are, I got to get it in the house before anybody sees it. Like I do that all the time. And it's like this guilty feeling and yeah, mm-hmm. there's well. there's packages that haven't been opened yet in my closet. <laughs> yes, yes. Which I will remind my husband not to listen to this episode. Steer <laughs> clear. So with that being said, I'm really excited for today's guests, especially as we are heading into that busy shopping season of the year. She is so knowledgeable when it comes to all things payments and debit cards, which I swear I swipe mine way more than I should. <laughs> um, she's also one of the biggest Disney fans I know which my daughter would love because she's a huge Mickey fan. She has mentioned to us that she does not listen to podcasts. And yet here she is as our guest. I think we might be able to convert her. I think so. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. She might just listen to this episode and then be like, oh, wow, this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. (laughs) And then she'll listen to the rest of them. So um, we'll just note that we'll have an additional listener after today. That's right. So we're up to five. We're up to five, (laughs) my friends. She's been a member of the Centris team since 2014. She has worn many hats at Centris, and she's our payments manager. So welcome to the show, Chris Schuler, or as people know you, Bueller Schuler, Schuler Bueller, Schuler Bueller. Yes, it it rhymes. It does. And if you're of a certain vintage, then it's just a callback to one of the most awesome movies ever. So (laughs) very good. Awesome. Let's talk about this uh, thing that you don't listen to podcasts, but your husband does. So yes. Is there some jealousy happening that you're a guest and um, you're a big deal? He, I, I don't know if I'm a big deal, <laughs> but he may have been razzing me mm. a little bit about, okay. you know, this is kind of hypocritical. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's opening a new door. And yes, I, right. I will listen to it. That's so. right. Good. 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 Perfect. 
I promise it's not a boring podcast. I mean, oh, we do with the two of you. It can't be boring, <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. God, these expectations. You know. Every time. Everybody uh, says we're funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm nervous. So, like I said in your intro, we're heading into the busiest shopping season. Um, you live in that debit card world. What are some best practices for people to take away? Like, what, what can they be um, thinking about as they're using their debit card? And what are some misconceptions about using the debit card? Um, I mean, gosh, there's so much, right? Um, I think that one thing that absolutely you want to be careful of is knowing where do you have your card information, right? Because you've got the physical card, but you can certainly use your card online uh, with different merchants. And if you've noticed, you know, even your browsers will store your card information. Do you Mm -hmm. really want that stored out there? And it's a convenience, but it's a convenience that comes at a security price. So you really need to manage what your level of comfort is. I think um, know where your information is, is always my number one rule. Um, then sometimes it just gets into the more physical practicalities of it. Do you know where your card is? If you're using an ATM, are you making sure that you're checking around and that you don't have someone following you, that you don't have people who you don't know coming up and maybe standing right on top of you? You know, at Centris, we have drive up ATMs, but But if you're traveling and you're walking up to an ATM, because that's just the type of ATM that's there, like if you were going to Chicago or some of the bigger cities, um, knowing your surroundings, right, which so many of us kind of grow up with that anyway, but it's just one more thing to think about. Um, From a security perspective, you know, the technology on cards has evolved so much. Um, Go back to when I first started working with cards, which was back in the dark ages and chip doesn't, you know, didn't exist in the U S that really actually wasn't even introduced until 2015. And now everyone is used to my card has a chip and I should be inserting it into the machine and letting the chip be read. That is a huge security component that has cut down on how easy it is for your card information to be stolen at a payment terminal. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. By the same token, now you have tap to pay or contactless transactions. It's the same thing. You have to have that card pretty much be touching the reader for it to be read. So it's not like they can have it be read from 20 feet away. That is just as secure, if not more secure than a chip. Um, And the reason for that is if you think about it, you know, we just came out of the pandemic. We're still in it, but, you know, it's better than it was. And what was everyone wanting to do? We didn't want to touch anything. We didn't want to have that contact. And so that's where contactless cards really started making a surge. And Centris supports those now. Um, Not all of our cards are there yet, but the majority of our card base is. And people really like that convenience. You're at the gas station. A lot of the gas stations now have tap to pay, which if I'm looking at, do I want to be touching a gas pump that 20 other people have touched or have my card going in a reader that 20 other people have touched, or I could just tap it. That's, you know, another benefit for me from a health and from a safety and from a security perspective. So know your surroundings, know where your card is, know where your card's being used. If you've given someone permission to use your card, be careful with that because, You've got to make sure that they're only using it for what you told them that you should be using. That includes your 
teenagers or yeah you know like yeah they're supposed to use it for something and it's never what they're supposed to use it for or it's far more and That's that actually my. becomes a problem from a liability perspective because if you gave them permission to use the card and then they go and do other things then you're still responsible for those charges because you gave them permission to use it do so. you want to say that one more time just a little closer to the microphone <laughs> so that they can listen i could get very close <laughs> to the microphone Thank you. i appreciate that. so but in all seriousness we have members where you know it happens i told my daughter that my daughter could go into the store and she could buy a thing of milk and all of a sudden 50 dollars later it's milk and a gift card and 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 mm -hmm. um, and the problem is you gave her permission to use the card right. or i let my son say that i could go play roblox right i want to get that buy up or whatever it is in the game i said you could do it one time but then you didn't take the card information out of the game yep and then all of a sudden <laughs> 25 more charges come rolling in and that's a problem because you authorized it and there's all that fine print that's out there. And that's not just a debit card thing. That's anywhere, right? right? You right. have to know, again, where's your card information? How is it being used? How could it still be used? Maybe you just need to get that out of wherever you said, yep, you can use it that one time. Yeah. So what I'm hearing her saying is, Liz, take your debit card out of your Amazon account because you're just, you say you're going to buy one thing <laughs> that's really only $25, but then you end up spending like $150. It's, a, it's Target. Amazon yeah. has become target. Right, right, exactly. If you can get out of Amazon for under three figures, then you're doing well. That's my rule of thumb. <laughs> I think that's a, a good point, though, too, because I often question what card I should have in my online shopping. Yeah. Amazon. I mean, that is where I primarily do my shopping. And so should it be my debit card? Should it be a credit card? I mean, what what is really, is it my personal preference? What? How would you answer that? I would say it's your personal preference okay. because for me, a debit card is a budgeting tool, mm -hmm. right? So yep. um, I'm not going to tell someone how to manage their money. What I am going to tell them is that if you are using a debit card, then obviously that's coming right from the account that it is linked to. And once you've sent that money, it's gone. It's a lot mm -hmm. more difficult to get yourself into that. Oh my gosh, how much did I spend whole when you're using a debit card? Because you're, you know, you've got online banking, you can see the balance mm -hmm. going down as those transactions are coming in and those transactions are getting pre-authorized. So they shouldn't be letting things go through that you don't have money to support with a credit card. You know, could you, could you do things like get rewards or what have you? Absolutely. Is it also way too easy to spend way too much? Now maybe you're carrying a balance over. Now that you're carrying a balance, now you're paying interest and you're spending more than what you really meant to spend for that $150 Amazon purchase that you really was, you, you were thinking it was going to be $30 when you opened up your browser. Right. So, right. And either of those cards, they have, they're backed by national card companies. So the safety security, as you were mentioning before, is Absolutely. there for both. It's really how soon do you want to see those funds leave? And exactly. How much do you want to carry over on credit? Um, for our younger listeners, back in the day, we used to carry this paper, and it was, you know, about <laughs> the size of your hand, and it's called cash. Um, and there's different, you know, numbers on those on those pieces of paper. So really, it's that debit card is for you know us in our generation when we actually carry cash. That's what the debit card has become. Really, is that cash, and that's 
Mm-hmm. I mean, once it's gone, it's gone. Oh, it's the running joke that I work for a financial and I will never have cash in my wallet. So yeah. I have to remember to go and I'm get cash way. out of the ATM. For me, it's if I have cash, I lose track of where it's spent unless I have specifically, um, you know, like when my kids were in school, you know, I need to pull out $20 for the field trip. I need to pull out $40 for the band uniform. I need to pull out $100 because they're doing a fundraiser for something. And so that was one way of doing it. Obviously, there's another piece of paper that you could write a check. Yeah. Right? I mean, same thing. Kids are going to be mind blown. They will be. We're going to have to have like a glossary of terms at the end of yeah. this podcast because no one's going to. We're going to have to create a picture book infographic. I can yes. make a flow chart yes. for you. Yes, it would be fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, but in all seriousness, I mean, yes, the records are there if you have a check, right? You have to right. go back to your checkbook. You have to look at where it was. Yeah, if you, you have, have to write it banking, down. You could potentially even pick up a picture of it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. say, oh, that was what that was for. And I forgot that I you know, did that. But for me, that debit card, because we get that information from the merchant name and that comes in, that populates on your statement, it populates on your online banking, you can very quickly see yeah, maybe I need to cut back on the coffee house trips this week. You know, I've already been there four times. And so it just makes it easier from a budgeting perspective. If you're trying to figure out where did all my money go? Oh, I stopped at the coffee house 20 times in one month. Maybe I need to cut back on that a little bit. So it's a more of an immediate visibility. Yeah. um, Whereas, you know, some old school people are, they're going to be in there at the end of every month and they're going to be Checking off all the, you know, checking off the check boxes, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Yes, I know where everything went. Um, I will be honest. I am not that person. I prefer to balance every day. So, mm-hmm. and my debit card allows me to do that. Yeah. I, I remember sitting and watching my mom every mm-hmm. week balancing that checkbook, yep. you know, mm-hmm. to the penny. Yep. Is that a thing? I mean, obviously, yes, this helps with budgeting, but, you know, should we be doing that more? Should Are there other techniques, like you said, you know, looking at your online banking and things, but how do you, especially those, we try to reference those young adults that are really mm-hmm. getting into, mm-hmm. you know, starting to manage their their budgets and their, and their money. What should they be doing really to make sure that they can afford what they're spending. Oh, and I'm the mom to two of them. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting for me. Uh, I have two sons. They have two very different approaches to financial management and that's fine. You You need to do what works for you. But what they both do is they're using their online banking because they can see what's coming in. They can see the money that's going out. Neither one of them really use cash for the same reason that I don't, they can't keep track of where things have Mm -hmm. gone. Um, and so, I think that as long as you can work out a system that works for you, some people, it can be a week. Some people, it can be every day. Some people, it is at the end of the month. Um, You know, maybe you have an account that you really don't use that much. You you just need to make sure that your mortgage payment came out of it and your electricity bill came out of it and that they were for the dollar amounts that you were expecting. And then you have a different account that you're using for fun money or what have you. I think However you have your account set up, that's going to drive how you should be monitoring them. Now, that being said, there's a reason that even if you're an online banking member, we still encourage you to sign up for e-statements and to read those statements. Right. Because there could be things that maybe when you're looking at it on a screen, you know, especially how many of us look at our online banking on our phone as opposed to on a computer, it's very easy to miss that one transaction that 
you just, you know, you're scrolling through and everything looks the same. You're doing it at two in the morning because you can't sleep and okay, I'm going to go check and yep, everything looks okay. Well, what if there's that one thing that sneaks through? That's why we still generate that traditional statement for you. That's your chance to do kind of a quick check back. If the dollar amounts are about what you're expecting or, you know, yep, this is what I spent. That's great. Um, But I think that it's your responsibility to make sure that you know where your money is absolutely, and what's happened with it. Yeah. You also mentioned, you know, online banking. And I think it's important for people to realize when they're looking at their financial institution that they're looking at what is being offered through right. that, that online banking services. Because I know that I've seen different ways of looking at it. You know, that it just hear your transactions day to day, but you really want to get deeper. You want to see like the health of your finances and where you are spending money and, and making sure that that financial institution that you pick offers that. And there are different budgeting tools that are out there, yeah. right? So I love that ours, if I'm using my debit card, it categorizes my spending for yes. me. Yep. Um, and if I don't like what the system automatically assigned, I can change it. Um, and that really, again, is that kind of, Hit upside the head sometimes. Right. Did you really need to make that fourth trip to the coffee house this right. week? Um, my team might argue that, yes, I did. So I would <laughs> be easy to live with. But I think that, you again, you need to use the tools that you feel comfortable with. Some people feel more comfortable using a offline system, something like a QuickBook. So there's a mint money or, you know, there's several different, they're called personal financial management tools. There's several that are out there. They're all good. I am not here to say one's better than another. Um, But what I do think is that, again, you've got to work out what's best for you. What's not good is, you know, that, that old joke of, well, how could I have my checks bouncing? I still had checks in my checkbook, right? Um, which you have to be a certain vintage to appreciate that. Or, well, why would that, you know, why my card still got approved. So obviously I had money in my account. Well, no, not necessarily uh, because you added a tip on and now there wasn't enough money in there or what have you. So you need to know where your money is. If you know where your money is and how it's performing, then the next step is then know where your card or your cards are and where do you have the information stored? Where, what are you doing with them? How are you accessing those funds that you've tucked away? Right. Um, so you're a big Disney fan. I am. You love to travel. What are, you know, some things people should be thinking about, some tips maybe for the saving, the planning for those types of trips? And then when you do that, do you put everything is it a good idea to put everything on your debit card or are there instances where maybe that's not, you know, a possibility? Sure. Um, I think that that's a multi-part question. It is. Woo, yes. Okay. I kind of threw a couple out. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> up. Here we go. Uh, so I think that from a travel perspective, uh, you know, and I used to travel quite a bit for work uh, in my previous life. And the first thing that I would always say is never, ever travel with only one form of payment, whether that's only one debit card, only one credit card. Um, Some people will only travel with cash. I mean, again, it's what you're comfortable with. But only having one form of payment is not a great idea because what happens if that card physically breaks in half, right? I went to go fill up the rental car with gas and the card broke off in the card reader. And now I'm stranded because I have no way to access funds. Um, Or what if your card gets stolen 
or what if your card information gets compromised while you're gone and we need to shut that card down to protect you and to protect your savings and everything that it's linked to. But again, now you have no way to be able to access your funds without putting them at additional risk. So um, that's the first and most important thing that I would always recommend. The second thing is think about what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be doing it. Rental car companies, for example, a lot of rental car companies will not allow you to use a debit card to rent a car. And, you know, it's kind of like if you go to a Runza, some Runzas are corporate owned and some Runzas are franchise owned. You could say the same thing about a Wendy's or an Arby's or McDonald's, right? Any of the big uh, retailers. And the same thing happens with rental car agencies. Not all of them are corporate owned. The franchisees can make their own rules. And I can tell you just from flying through Orlando, mm-hmm. when you're walking through and you're going down and there's probably 25 different rental car companies that are there. And the last time that I was there, at least half of them had signs up saying yeah. we will not accept debit cards. I can't force them to change their mind and say, oh, but you look like you're such a nice person, so I'll accept yours. Mm. Um, And I think that that's a misconception that people think that they can get us on the phone and we can change the merchant's mind. It's the merchant's decision as to what they will and will not accept. So don't just trust what you see online. Um, I don't like it when people are stuck because, well, I saw it on the website that the the franchisee has a different set of rules um, because we're stuck playing by their rules. As far as how to save, right? There's different ways to pay for your trip. You could put it all on a credit card and then pay it down. Um, Probably not the most financially responsible way to do it, but it's possible. And sometimes it has to happen, right? You have Mm -hmm. an emergency trip. Then that's what a credit card really should be used for from a travel perspective. Um, If you are looking at something that's pre-planned though, you know, like if I'm going to be going on a Disney cruise or I'm going to be taking the family to Disney world, if I'm planning that a year in advance and a lot of those trips, you do wind up planning so that you can save on tickets, save on airfare, save on all the things. As soon as you start planning, then centrist, and I'm going to toot our own horn, but we have this wonderful tool called a club account, right? Where you can sock money away Every month, you could do it every week, every day if you really wanted to. But if you're putting that money into that club account, we're going to hold it for a year from the time that you opened it. But then once that account is opened up to you to be able to withdraw those funds, you could then take those and put them into your checking account. And now you could use your debit card to access those funds. Well, guess what? You're not accessing funds that you weren't planning on spending. Right. 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 You set them aside for this very purpose. So I think that that's a great vehicle for not just saving the money and setting it aside, but you're earning more in dividends. Uh, And so then that means that your vacation just got that much brighter. And so you have a little more money to go and spend on snacks or souvenirs or just ancillary expenses. Um, If you're like me and you get to where you're going and invariably targets the first stop because I forgot to pack this, this, and this. Um, (laughs) Yes. Every single time. It's not a lie. Uh, And so I think that's just one more tool that you have. So it makes it easier. Great. So when you're traveling, there is a lot of value to using that debit card. Like you said, it's, it's like cash, which is 
good because then you're not paying interest on something later. Like you enjoy yourself on this vacation and then you get back and all of a sudden now you have to pay a bill on that vacation and pay the interest on that. So there's a lot of value of using that debit card and having that kind of top of wallet versus any other form of payment. Um, so speaking of top of wallet, I know right now with our Centris debit card, we have an amazing promotion going on for our debit card users. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, funny you should bring that up. No, I mean, <laughs> we're really excited. Uh, we wanted to do something to really make that holiday shopping season maybe a little more special uh, for our members. We know it's been a tough couple of years. And so what we decided that we would do is uh, between really October 15th through the end of the year, every time that you use your card, and it could be I'm using my card as a chip transaction, I'm tapping to pay at the gas station, I'm using my card online, I'm buying groceries at the local store. It doesn't matter if you're using your card, that's an entry to win one of $2,500 Southwest Airlines travel vouchers. So um, that could be a lot of travel right there. So makes it a a little easier to Disney World right there. You can get to Disney. You could vacay your way. So absolutely. um, We're excited to do that. That's great. So what I hear is tap and pay your way to a vacay. Huh. Weird. Huh. I like it. That's catchy. Got a little jingle to it, like some change uh, for the younger audience. Change was little coins um, that we used to put into this container that's shaped like a pig, and it has a slot on the top. It's called a piggy bank. Really fun. Yes. And it jingled the education that we provide is is really high level here. Just I want to let, let it, you know. People are going to be mind blown. <laughs> like Augie's just her, when she listens when she's you know older, and then she'll be like, oh, mom, you sounded so young back then. <laughs> One of the things you brought up earlier was safety and security. So I have two questions for you. One, should you be signing the back of your debit card? I've heard it both ways. So I wanted to understand why why there's this difference. So really, you should be signing. Um, And a big reason for that is that even though a lot of merchants may not necessarily ask for it, they have the right to say, I want to see the back of your card. They can actually even ask to see your identification to match the signature that is on the receipt against your ID and against your card. Um, And it's meant to be a protection for you as well as for the merchant. Um, Because the last thing that any of them want is for something to come back on them, that cards were stolen and they were used at their store or what have you. So. So it's interesting that we brought that up because my mom always wrote CID on the back of her. She wouldn't never, she'd never mm. sign it. She'd write CID. Is that okay? It's or? really not considered to be okay by visa rules. Um, and I'm trying to be nice and not get into, well, section 2.3.1 <laughs> says. Um, and my mom would go look it up. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but truly, I mean, the visa rules, which is, I mean, we're a visa issuer. Obviously, MasterCard is going to have their own rules. Right. Discover would have their own. Yep. But their rules do say you are supposed to sign the back of your card. And that is meant to be what it is that you're using for the merchant to verify. Got it. So, Got it. All right, good. mom, if you're listening, which yeah. I'm sure she is. Sign the back of your card with your name, <laughs> not CID. Yes. The other question I had about safety and security is you had mentioned about ATM. Watch mm-hmm. out when you walk up to an ATM, but what other security measures should we be taking uh, around using ATMs? 
So um, fun thing that I actually never really knew uh, until I started supporting ATMs was that ATMs have mirrors on the top of them for a reason. So when you actually walk up to an ATM, even if you drive up to it, there's usually one or two little mirrors at the top and they're kind of convex. Mm -hmm. And the reason is it's supposed to allow you a field of vision for who's coming up behind you. Gotcha. Right. So, um, you know, I went to college in a while ago and (laughs) I have sons that have graduated college, so you can kind of do the math. But, you know, when I went to college, it was, we were always told in freshman orientation, they would actually pull you aside. This is what you need to do. You need to be aware of your surroundings, protect yourself. It's really that same type of lesson, right? Be aware of where you are. Uh, If there's, if you're in an unfamiliar area, I don't want to say look for an escape route, but know how to get away from Mm -hmm. where you are. If you pull up and you feel like someone is watching you, that is not the only ATM that you can use, right? right? Um, One of the things that I love about Centris is that we have access to over 80,000 ATMs across the country that we will not charge you a fee and the ATM owner will not charge you a fee if you use one of those ATMs. So there's always an option. Um, And so I think that that's, probably a big thing, you know, taking large amounts out of cat of cash out of the ATM. That's always, you know, I understand that there's reasons that you possibly might want to, or need to do that, but make sure that you're doing it in a secure way. You know, you don't want to be that person who gets out of the car, walks around the front of the car, and then they're standing there and doing multiple transactions, pulling out large dollars from Mm -hmm. that ATM. That's going to get someone's attention. It may not be someone that you want to have paying attention to you. Um, There's a reason that, you know, centrist, we always make sure that we have our ATMs in a well-lit area, that we try to make it be so that you can easily see who would possibly be coming up Um, maybe waiting in line behind you or what have you, that's going to happen. And I'm not saying that that's not a safe thing. Mm -hmm. Just be aware that it's there. Very good. I'm really glad you explained those mirrors mm-hmm. because um, half the time I'm looking at those, making sure my car doesn't like hit the side of the ATM <laughs> or so now I know what they're really for. Yeah. So. I mean, and they are up at the very top, but that is actually what it's meant to do. It's meant to be a safety feature. That's not to make sure that my flyaways are <laughs> got it. Yes. Um, so we've kind of talked more of like the domestic travel and domestic purchases, but when you go international, um, are there things that we should be aware of? I know there are some locations that maybe don't have the technology that we do here in the U.S. with the tap to pay and the chip reader, but um, are there transactions maybe we should lean more towards with the debit card and maybe not? I think that, again, it's going to depend on where you're going, right? So if I'm going over to Europe, for example, mm-hmm. it's actually very difficult to find any kind of payment terminal that does not read a chip. Um, chip is actually known as EMV technology, and EMV stands for Europay MasterCard Visa. And they were the three companies that worked together to develop that chip standard that we as financials all have to adhere to for the creation of our cards. Right. Chip was deployed in Europe more than 20 years before it was ever deployed in the U.S. Wow. So that was, you know, they've just evolved uh, in a different way as far as how do they move money, how do they pay for things, um, even going to Canada. Um, I was up there in 2015 and it blew me away because we went out to dinner and we went to pay and, you know, I'm all excited. I'm going to test my 
chip card overseas for the first time. And I'm expecting that, okay, I'm going to give my card to the server and he's going to take it back. And you know, just like what we do mm -hmm. here. No, they brought a payment terminal over to the table and said, you need to insert it. I said, okay. So, you know, I'm following the directions. And finally at the end, it's like, okay, I, I got to ask. I mean, this is what I do. So why did you stand here and watch me? Are mm -hmm. you thinking I'm suspicious? He said, no, that's to protect you. We don't want to have the card leave your site. Oh, wow. So like you were saying, Augie, I mean, for me, it was whew, mind blown. <laughs> um, and I was so excited. And we just have not gotten to that point here in the U.S. yet. So I think that's probably number one. Just be aware that the chip and the cards and everything else, that that could work the same way. But as far as how you'll access it, that could be, be a completely different experience. And that's not a bad thing. Right. Um, if you are going to smaller areas, not necessarily in Europe, but maybe if I'm talking about, um, you know, other parts of the world, um, you, you could have different experiences just with, like you said, how up-to-date is the technology? Um, I would look at, and this would just be something I think that I should be doing anyway, if I'm traveling to an area, has the crime rate been up, right? Um, is this something where I need to maybe be looking to see if there are skimmers that are present? Um, you know, and unfortunately, I would tell you Mexico has been notorious for there's lots of skimmers being placed on ATMs and on payment devices down there. If you tug on that card reader and something's wiggling, I wouldn't be using any card there. I would be going somewhere else. Because that uh, tool was, is actually, actually yeah, is was, actually stealing that information. Exactly. Yeah. I was just gonna ask, how can you how can you determine if there's a skimmer there? Is there a way you can't easy way? always, but you know, it's it, same as here in the States, right? If I'm looking at that pin pad and it's looking like it's maybe askew, right? Something's not quite lining up the right way, yeah. or it looks like there's gummy residue that's on the pin pad area or even okay. on the device mm -hmm. itself. Um, if it seems like, you know, a lot of payment terminals, like we see the same ones in a lot of different stores, but if that one that you're using seems thicker than ones that you've normally used, maybe that's not where I want to be using a certain card. Okay. Um, if I'm going to be overseas for an extended period of time, I personally would recommend even thinking about if you're wanting to use a debit card, why not open a separate checking account, open a separate debit card with that other checking account. You could use online banking to move funds as you need them, because then the only funds that you're exposing to potential scammers or skimmers or what have you are only going to be on the card that was used. And now you've got your money separated. That's a great idea. Yeah, it is. So it's a really good idea. Yeah. Okay, Chris Malmberg, take note of that next time we travel internationally. <laughs> and no, we should be yeah, traveling internationally. That we need <laughs> On a to beach. Travel. Yes, <laughs> preferably a beach. <laughs> so our podcast is a penny or two for your thoughts. And so we mm -hmm. always like to leave our listeners with one thought that you really want them to remember. Or from, two. Or two or however many. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that, that you want people to remember from today? Uh, obviously that now apparently I need to learn to listen to podcasts. Um, yes. important. We'll start oh, this there. One. This one. That's important. No, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, understanding that a debit card is a way to access your account, right? And so you want to be able to access your account in a way that's convenient to you. And I think that 
at least for my team, you know, I can speak for all of us when I say we realize that our debit card is how so many of our members really interact with us here at Centris. We want them to work for you. There are so many things that we do in the background to provide you with the security that you need. We have control apps that are out there now, the debit card companion from Centris, where you can lock your card down. I don't know what happened to it. I think it's in my car, but I'm not sure. I could put a temporary lock on my card. Maybe I don't want my card to be used at the ATM for more than $100 at a shot. Um, I could lock that down. Maybe I don't want it to be used for purchases over such and such a dollar amount. I could lock that down. And what does that do? It gives me control over my finances. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway. You know, if you look at the debit card as it's a way to be able to access my finances, control what I do with them, track what I do with them, maybe remind me that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, <laughs> then it's an incredibly powerful tool that hopefully is sitting right at the top of your wallet so that you can tap and pay your way to a vacay. So very, nice. oh, very good. I love it. I'm going to tap and pay my way to a vacay soon, hopefully. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for coming in today and providing such valuable insight and knowledge. Um, I know Chantel and I appreciate Absolutely. everything that you bring to our team and all the information you share with us. Um, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot today. Absolutely. Um, I picked up a few tips. Hopefully our younger audience now knows what checks and cash and change are. Um, and, and we didn't even talk about traveler's checks. Remember those? Oh, oh my. <laughs> I remember having to travel with those when I yes, went to yeah. France Oh yes. when I was in high school. And that was the only way because yeah. I didn't have a card. I was a high schooler. So right, yeah. yep. having to trust those and keep them on your person. Don't let yes. anyone get to your little hidden pocket. Yes. You know what we should do one of these episodes is have like a vintage Oh yeah. Discussion of fi like financial <laughs> stuff, like what we used to do when we were kids. Yes. Pass books. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Now okay. I'm dating Future myself. Episode. <laughs> yes. More learnings to come. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. We really appreciate you taking time with us and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. And especially as we are heading into that busy holiday shopping season. And if you have a centrist debit card. Hopefully you're tapping your way to a vacay. Um, but again, for those of you listening, if there's any other topics you'd like us to cover or questions you have regarding all things financial, even if it's vintage, just send those our <laughs> way at penny for your thoughts at centristfcu.org and we can find the right subject matter expert to bring on the show and help dive into that information. And if you don't want to miss an episode, Chris, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, you can rate, review, and share. And if you're doing so already, be sure you're following Centris on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as we're sharing more great financial information to help educate you. And you can also visit our website at centrisfcu.org or just give us a call and chat with us at 402-334-7000. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. Hold up, media production.